all language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. How are you feeling? Your latest workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Alright, hello everybody, welcome to a very special Star Wars From the Back to Tank, our first specialty show of many to come. Typically we do these types of shows on Patreon for our Patreon pledgers, but we decided, hey, let's kind of branch off and not just do the usual news and rumors discussions that we do on our regular show, but also do some specialty discussions where we can highlight specific character arcs specific themes, elements to a favorite Star Wars story or movie. And for this discussion, David, hello, by the way, how are you? How are we doing today? And we're doing good. So for this discussion to help kick things off, we're going to start an ongoing discussion. Ongoing. This will be part one of the evolution of Ahsoka Tano. All right. I'm looking forward to this. And this This is the one. This is the one we've been working on for a while. We have accumulated a lot of data and research on the character. Now, Ahsoka is an interesting character for various reasons. And I I don't think it's a a, will come as a surprise, Dave, that she has become one of the most popular characters within the Star Wars fandom over the years. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, without. Without Ahsoka, honestly, I don't think Star Wars would have a lot of its newer fans. That's why Ahsoka is so beloved, because like the entire fan base of the Clone Wars, that's the character they grew up with. Yeah. She's one of the few characters that is still presently progressing. And when I say presently progressing, she's a unique character that's had a very linear progression for the most part. With Star Wars, due to the nature of the franchise, we get a lot of fill in the gap type characters that they develop there and there has to be with various reasons money and the Hollywood way of business where they they want to bank on those for sure things that's why we get the prequels the standalone Star Wars films they're relying on previous successes and this isn't a negative this is just the way Hollywood does business they they'll they very rarely gamble on an unknown And for the most part, it has worked for Star Wars. I don't think this is a bad thing, but I'm all about the linear development. My personal taste when it comes to stories is sometimes I feel like it can become a product of the times. And and there's a laziness to it when you're just kind of filling in the gaps. Yeah. Plus, I feel like sometimes it can go dangerously awry. Like, for example, with Star Wars. When Obi-Wan says, I don't remember owning any droids. And for some reason, he has no recollection of C-3PO or R2. R2, yeah. These are the types of issues you run up against when you do those fill-in-the-gap type storylines. Or those fill-in-the-gap type characters. Where you, you expand on the mythos of a character by going back in time and writing within a specific time frame that's wedged between a book or a comic or a movie. 
with Ahsoka, for the most part, we haven't really had to worry about that. You can actually yeah. work on her story without worrying about anything that came before or afterwards. I feel like with a linear narrative path, there's more room for proper character foreshadowing, emotional outbreaks within character stories. You, you get the sense that the story is strategically mapped out, which is the case with Ahsoka. And give give a lot of props to Dave Filoni because it was a big gamble to try to introduce a brand spanking new character oh, yeah. like he did and hope that the Star Wars fan base would accept her. Yeah. And when it comes to Ahsoka, there is this natural progression that works from the moment she enters screen in the Clone Wars 2008 film and those closing moments from Star Wars Rebels. Rebels, yeah. With Ahsoka, we've seen her grow linearly the way a character's journey should be. A beginning, a middle, or a first, second, and third act. Third act. And depending on how you want to break down her story so far, I'd say right now we're currently at the tail end of her second act. Yeah, because we haven't seen the finale of her story yet. No, definitely not. And this is exactly how we're going to proceed, David, with our discussion on Ahsoka. All right. So firstly, let's ascertain what type of character she is, was, and has been. But before that, let's look at this from a literary perspective. All right. I yeah. feel like it's important to say that Ahsoka has never been just one literary type. And when I talk about literary types, I'm talking about the art of writing, the craft of writing and uh, the the writer, whether it be Dave Filoni or a member of his writing staff, has placed her character into various different roles to accommodate the immediate story. Yes. So it would be nearly impossible to pinpoint every time they changed her in that regard unless we analyzed every single episode she was in. And for the purposes of the for the purposes of this discussion, that's just far too tedious. It's it, it, it is a little tedious. That's why Honestly, that's been one of the strengths of Ahsoka is the fact that you can you can see her progression in like a very broad, broad sense. And she's taken on the role of various different types various of characters. Various different types they, of characters. They have never used her as just one type of character. She's gone from being a Padawan, a young, uh, a quote, unquote youngling, you know, the, the character that Anakin would refer to as Snips. Right. To a soldier, to being an actual soldier in the clone troopers. But outside of that, the actual obvious part of the part she's playing, the position she's playing, or the role she's playing in a story. So for the purpose of this discussion, we have to focus on the literary side and what roles she took on from a literary perspective. What did yes. Filoni use uh, from writing guidelines to govern his character which would then govern the progression of Ahsoka Tano. Now, first, before we get into specifically what role she played, let's look at seven to nine character types in literature. Most people focus on the protagonist and antagonist. Basically, like the hero the, or the, the hero of the hero's journey. Right. But when writing, every character that is written is important. It's not just about the protagonist. It's not just about the antagonist, the, the villain. It doesn't matter if they're a minor character, a main character, or a secondary. Each and every one of them has a job to do, and a good writer will utilize the gamut of literary archetypes. Now, let's take a look at the most common types of character. 
first so we can kind of figure out which one Ahsoka falls into at the very beginning stages of her journey. Okay, the beginning of and we have to reiterate, this is the beginning stages of her journey. Right. The because, evolution is what we are we are mapping out here of Ahsoka. Because what you guys are going to find is like Ahsoka has been such a dynamic character that she's been able to play so many different type of roles and put into so many type of roles. That's what makes her character so intriguing. All right. So number one that's listed for the seven to nine types of characters in fiction, the confidant character, Uh, a confidant is someone or something. The main character confides in readers can learn a lot about the main character's personality and thoughts through this. The confidant can be another character or it can be the inside pages of the main character's diary. Yeah. Number two is a dynamic or developing character. A dynamic character is someone who changes throughout the story. This may be a good change or a bad one, or a bad one, but their motivations, desires, or even their personality changes due to something in the story. This and, is usually a permanent change and shows how the character has learned and developed over time in the story. And isn't it like almost like a 180? They, the character starts one way and turns into something completely different. Right. Now there's also flat or static characters. There's foil characters, uh, round characters. Uh, then you have the protagonist, antagonist. Now, just to quickly go through these, because I don't want to go through every single type of character. Yeah. I honestly feel for the, for the very beginning stages of Ahsoka's journey and the, how she was introduced, she actually was written more as a confidant type character and not by the traditional sense. And And this is a bit difficult decision. I mean, Ahsoka has been so robust that it's really hard to say she falls into just one category. So in order to do this, we must remember what her original purpose was. Yes. She was introduced as Anakin's Padawan. Uh, She was there to serve as a way to better understand Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And that's what made it really interesting for the character because, you know, if you look at like the atypical uh, confidant character, you would look at a character like Obi-Wan Kenobi, someone older, someone that basically Luke confides in because of his age, because of his experience. This made it really interesting because Anakin by far is the main character. He's the, he's the, I believe it's protagonist, right? When you're the main character. Yes. I would say for this particular story. Yes. Yeah. And then, Ahsoka is introduced as this youngling who has to work underneath Anakin, but the things that she does is what develops Anakin and teaches Anakin lessons. Yeah. For story purposes, she was there to help Anakin learn valuable lessons. Valuable lessons. And these lessons would strengthen Anakin as a character. And yes, the Clone Wars was not... I mean, we can't simply sum up the Clone Wars by saying that it was about Anakin and Obi-Wan because it was a show dedicated to a lot of things. For example, philosophy that touched on the powers of brotherhood, goodness, yes. and honesty. But again, focusing on the the heart of the Clone Wars story, I think you can easily say that Anakin and Obi-Wan were the protagonists. So yes. the introduction of Ahsoka it was done as a way to help the audience understand what was going on internally within Anakin Skywalker. 
And I think it's safe to say that one of the main goals of the series was to bridge Anakin's character development between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And in order to do that successfully, you you need a strong supporting character, a character that can help flesh out important strands of character narrative that otherwise would be very hard to do. Because just like what you said, we all know that the Clone Wars was about the story of Anakin and Obi-Wan. And I remember I remember when we, me and you first went to go to see the movies and I was leaving the theater my brain was trying to figure out, so Ahsoka is the main character. We have to get behind Ahsoka. But in fact, no, you don't have to. That was the beauty part about using Ahsoka in that movie was she wasn't the protagonist. She was never designed to be the focus at the beginning. Later on down the road in later seasons, she became more of a predominant character. Yes. And I would even say at moments she became the protagonist. She became the protagonist. And Anakin became the supporting. But starting out... In the 2008 movie, this is where Ahsoka comes into play. For most of the first season, and in particular the 2008 Clone Wars movie, she's more of that confidant character. Uh, And overall and currently with the Star Wars timeline, she's more of a dynamic or developing character. She has definitely switched. But in her very first stages as a character, she falls into that confidant archetype. And maybe not in the truest sense of the definition, As we were saying, the confidant is someone or something the main character confides in. I don't think she ever became that for Anakin where he like talks to her and confines his deepest, darkest desires. But then this is got to remember the the, the rules of literary character archetypes are there as a general rule. They're bendable. They're a guideline. Correct. I think when it comes to Anakin, I wouldn't say he literally confided in Ahsoka. But as mentioned, she used so that the audience can learn more about our main character's personality, his thoughts, and they get inside his mind. Yeah. And, and some might ask, well, why didn't they just maintain and build upon the relationship that was already established between Obi-Wan and Anakin, mentor and student? And, you know, my rebuttal for that would be the question kind of answers itself. We already learned a lot from this dynamic through the films and it worked, but it was time to flesh out things from a very different perspective. And I feel like most of us can agree. um, Each of us as a student are very different when placed into the role of a mentor. Yes. And this was exactly Filoni's plan. How can we flesh out Anakin and foreshadow his destiny from the opposite perspective? Anakin as the mentor was the game changer. Yes, it was. And that's why I, that's why I said is like that's what makes Ahsoka so special is because you took the literary rule of the of the confidant and you turned it on its head and said no, he doesn't have to be the teacher because the teacher can learn from the student. Yeah. And that concept was actually really really well done. I give a lot of props to Dave Filoni as a writer to taking that rule and bending it just slightly enough, not breaking it, but just bending it to say, hey, this can be told in a different way. Absolutely. And And that's what made it interesting. And what do we always say? If you know the rules, you can break the rules. Break the rules. And Filoni understands the the rules and guidelines of the literary setup for characters. Plus if they if they went with the just on a on a literary critique basis if they went with the atypical Obi-Wan Anakin dynamic, 
and that was your core story, I think Clone Wars wouldn't be as good as it was because then you, just like what you said, we already know where that goes. We already know that dynamic. And, and what's and not, there to add? And not only that, I feel like they could have added more, but again, we've seen most of that in the films, but we also know one big, one big story moment that we know. We know at this point, Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship was already a bit contentious. There was a lot of jealousy, resentment, and anger that Anakin directed at Obi-Wan. And the nature of their relationship really was not conducive with an honest dissection of Anakin Skywalker. There was too much baggage between them that would have hindered our understanding of Anakin. And all we would be exposed to is more of the same. The anger, the resentment... And the idea that he's being mistreated and not treated fairly. But if you look at the Battle of Christophus from the Clone Wars 2008 movie, this is a quote from Anakin Skywalker. And it's just a beautiful way to explain exactly what Filoni was doing. Anakin says to Ahsoka, you're a reckless little one. You never would have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you might make it as mine. Mine, yeah. So they're drawing a line. They're showing us that this is going to be a completely different perspective. And that perspective hinges on the relationship between Anakin Skywalker and Padwan Ahsoka. And up to this point, we know Anakin had a general disregard for authority. He wanted to blaze his own path and he found it hard to stay in line. By having the Jedi Council assign Anakin a Padwan, it changed our perspective on a lot of things. It was almost like reading a book with a missing page and then suddenly we were given that missing page and we're like, oh, that makes sense. These are the key moments to our hero's journey that we didn't have before. This is the missing element. Anakin now questioned his own actions because he knew he was responsible for the progress of a young Padawan. Yeah. Much like a parent with a child. There's things you do as a parent and then suddenly you're like, oh, wait a second. I have a kid now. I, I I got to make sure I show a better example. Got to be a little more careful when you have someone else that you're responsible for other than just yourself. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about also bringing in Ahsoka at this point, during that time, everyone always called the Star Wars story, the Skywalker saga. And it goes in line that basically with George Lucas saying that it's not Luke's story. This is Anakin's story. And Bringing in Ahsoka really galvanized that thought that basically, yes, the, the movies, the movies and with Clone Wars made this about Anakin. And in turn, basically, because of all that stuff we saw in the prequels and Clone Wars, when you get to the original trilogy, you do realize that basically, hey, yeah, Luke is Luke is the main character in those three movies. But the real story is about the redemption of Anakin Skywalker in the end, because that's what matters the most. And it's without Ahsoka, without Ahsoka ever showing up, we would never see Star Wars the way we do now. Well, there's lessons that he had to learn. And sometimes you can't learn vital lessons unless you have a student. Yeah. And that's the beautiful symmetry between Jedi and Padawan. And we always hear about the rules of two with the Sith and how their relationship is designed uh, to be more intimate and they work together for their very salvation of their own kind. That's the reason why they broke off into the, the the whole rule of twos. But with the Jedi, even though there isn't just a rule of two where there can't be more than one, 
there is still an intimate side of that relationship. And the Padawan learns from the master and the master learns from the Padawan. We saw the same thing in Star Wars Rebels with uh, between Kanan and Ezra. And Ezra, yeah. Kanan learned a lot about himself by teaching Ezra. And that was the exact same thing we saw happen with the introduction of, of Ahsoka and how Ahsoka fell into that confidant literary archetype of being the person that he can confide in. Even though he's not, again, literally, literally confiding in, she does fall into that because he learns about himself. He yeah. learns valuable lessons. And this is also what the Jedi Council wanted as well. There were moments very early on, especially in the 2008 film, where Ahsoka was that mirror. We saw reflections, or Anakin saw reflections of himself. And I, you know, when Obi-Wan chuckled in the 2008 Clone Wars film, when Anakin found out that it was his Padawan, he was chuckling because he knew the plan that Jedi Council wanted him to learn. And yes. this was his last lesson become, before becoming a full on Jedi mem or Jedi Jedi Knight. Yeah. Yes, he was a Jedi at this point, but this was a valuable lesson that every Jedi Knight had to learn how to be the teacher. And when dealing with a character as emotionally conflicted as Anakin and someone that knew he was not okay, we know this. He was very aware that he wasn't the Jedi he should be. He said it. I mean, having a character that can help the audience understand this conflict was just awesome and yes. another great call from Filoni from the Filoni camp but also Ahsoka helped Anakin learn more about himself Ahsoka served as a way for Anakin to understand who he is personally but also as a Jedi and a leader and this is the genius of Dave Filoni's writing David this is why Ahsoka falls in that confidant type character. Yes. And it worked so well. Whereas with the Jedi, Anakin had something to prove. Yeah. With Ahsoka, he was able to let the superficial facade fall away and be in many ways more himself, a good self, because he didn't have that contentious feelings, the relationship. He, he didn't like the Jedi. He felt like they never fully respected him, that they were afraid of him. And now that he can actually work with someone who looked up to him, that didn't fear him, he was able to not look at himself as a potential threat. And the cool thing... He was able to view himself as something good and honest that could teach a new Jedi. If you look at Anakin and Ahsoka, right? You see that parallel of master and teacher, or Jedi, Jedi and Padawan. And then you see the parallel with Count Dooku and Ajay Ventress, because we got to remember they were introduced into this too. And that shows, shows even more dynamic in the, in the importance of Ahsoka and Anakin. When you put the parallel of the way the Sith treat their students, the Sith don't care. You know, you failed. You're going to be punished. That's it. You, you're, you're not supposed to learn from me because at the end of the day, you're supposed to actually defeat me. And it's that mentality that a Sith Lord is like, there's no teaching. You do not. I, I will not teach you. You will learn from me, but you will. I will not teach you. And that watching that parallel with Ahsoka and Anakin was like really cool to see with Dooku and Ventress. And you really do get, a, get that sense that that was Filoni's gambit. He wanted to use ahsoka as that learning tool for anakin and kind of show that look look what happens if if ventress was 
that same type of relationship you have with Ventress and Dooku is toxic. It's just plain toxic. And that's why, that's why I say is like, when you look at Clone Wars, you see all the depth of all the characters. It's amazing because at the time I didn't give Clone Wars a lot of faith because I only saw it as an animation. But then when you, we, we take this retrospective look and we see how these characters have grown, it's, it's, it's a marvel what Filoni was able to, to, to weave as a storyteller because he was able to take a character that's a confidant, like you said, in Ahsoka and turn her into something so important and so intrinsic in the Clone Wars storyline that basically she became the most important person in Star Wars at that time. Yeah, and honestly, um, moving into you know parallels and how Filoni managed to use Ahsoka as part of as part of some emotional tug of war between Sidious and Ahsoka. We can see that there was a strategy there planned to win him over. And we're going to get into that in a moment after this break. We'll be right back. Get more Star Wars discussions every month with the Back to Tank Patreon exclusive shows. From Star Wars comics and book reviews to speculative discussions and breakdowns. All when you pledge to our Patreon page. What? Go to patreon.com slash Digital for more details. As you wish. Free stuff is awesome, but free stuff that will spice up your bedroom is even better. Just go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item for 50% off, and then we'll load on the free stuff. Just enter this very exclusive code, DEAL30, at checkout, and you'll get 10 tantalizing free gifts, including a sexy item for him, a special toy for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And for your viewing pleasure, six free spicy movies on DVD. Plus, free shipping. Always sent in discreet packaging. So go to adamandeve.com now. Get 50% off plus 10 free gifts when you enter the exclusive offer code DEAL30. Again, that's DEAL30. Because without it, no free stuff. That's DEAL30 at adamandeve.com. become pregnant with uh anakin and the the mother basically makes the comment it, she doesn't know i touched myself once with it with an old lightsaber i found <laughs> it's a how did you become pregnant well i i found an old lightsaber and i played i rubbed it on myself and poof i was pregnant <laughs> From the Back to Tank, late night replay, Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RN Channel 001. I don't like you either. That's all right. Kane is in the building. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Star Wars from the back to tank. If you miss any part of this broadcast, please find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Just search Star Wars from the back to tank. Also, if you want more discussions, head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more a month to gain access to additional Star Wars themed discussions from reviews on comics, books, retrospectives into Clone Wars. In fact, a lot of what we do on Patreon is very similar to this specific show we're doing today about Ahsoka. So this can be like a little uh, preview, a little tidbit inside information, Dave, of what we do on Patreon. All right. So before we went to break, I was talking about uh, an emotional parallel. Ahsoka, by way of the confidant archetype, the writers used her to parallel another character. And it was Darcidious. Yeah. The parallel emotional pulling between the love and respect that Anakin was learning by being a teacher and having someone that he was responsible for challenged what was also going on that was the subtle teachings of the dark side by way of Sidious. We already know that much of Anakin's ideology was slowly being spoon fed to him by way of his relationship with Palpatine. Yes. Palpatine had become this manipulative, manipulative father figure that had been working on Anakin for close to two decades at this point. And that's why when people question, oh, he just turned to the dark side. It didn't really make sense. He just, okay, I'm bad. But you fail to understand that all the way back in Phantom Menace, when he became a child, Palpatine befriended him because he was teaching him. Teaching isn't necessarily saying, hey, you will learn the ways of the dark side. He was teaching him an ideology, ideology, an yes. outlook, a perspective on the world or the universe. And that's why he was able to turn Anakin so easily by the end of Revenge of the Sith. And having Ahsoka play the on the other side of that uh, is just brilliant. And something that Palpatine didn't plan on was the council assigning Anakin a Padawan. Yep. This was a wrench that was tossed into the mix, and it served as a way to explore the internal conflict within Anakin. His relationship with Padme was forbidden. It was something that ultimately was not good for him and aided in his destruction. Uh, you know, some people may say, well, Pad Padme was that character that, you know, was in that emotional narrative tug of war between evil and good. And I would say, no, I'm not saying Padme was bad. She was good, but she drew upon within Anakin. She drew upon. Let me backtrack just a moment. I want to find a better way to phrase this. Okay. Padme was something that was forbidden by Jedi teachings. Therefore, it was one step in the direction of the dark side. Whether she's pure or not isn't the point. Padme is good. But by him taking her as a wife, that was his first step. You're not supposed to have attachments for a reason because attachments lead to fear of losing them. Yeah. Fear is a path to the dark side. So Padme was never on the good side of things for Anakin. It was a bad moment. It was a moment of weakness. It was a moment of lust. It was a moment of selfishness. Did he love her? Yeah, I'm not saying he didn't. But again, looking at the ideology of the Jedi, it was everything 
that he should not have. Should not have. And that's ultimately what led to his downward spiral. Palpatine knew that this was forbidden and he used it as leverage to manipulate him. I think the best way to po- uh, to to say it is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, perfect way to say it. And that's why I totally agree with you with that Padme is not evil. She, no, by far no, she's no, not no. evil. Not, not even close. And and she's not a bad thing for Anakin, but it was just the the concept of the the relationship that they had. It was, was the way sparked. the relationship started and the way it was formed yeah. and what it and what it became. It became about Anakin. It was a selfish one-sided relationship when it came to Anakin and it became something that would ultimately lead to his fall as a Jedi. And then if you look, if you take the take a look and flip it around, look at Ahsoka. It's not his relationship with Ahsoka is not about him. Right. Because he goes into it thinking I'm I'm her teacher. It's my job to teach her. And that's why in so many ways, Dave, and there may be people getting really angry with us that are Padme fans and they may say, well, well Padme was the important, uh, the important part of Anakin that that could have saved him. And again, look at everything that the decision to take Padme as a wife is everything that went wrong. Yes. That's what started it all. When he went against the Jedi teachings, when he married her without the consent of the Jedi under secrecy, yes, under the veil of secrecy, that was the first step in the dark side. Not to say she was a bad person or she was a bad character. She even knew that these lies would destroy both of them is what she said. So she was already aware. Padme was wise beyond years in many ways, far wiser than Anakin Skywalker was himself. And this is why in many ways, Ahsoka saved Anakin from falling sooner. Yes. And if she had not left, this poses a very philosophical thought. Perhaps he would never have fallen to this dark side to begin with. Yeah. That's just how important her character was. Yeah. And that's what, that's always been a driving force for a lot of Clone Wars fans is the hypothetical. What if Ahsoka didn't leave the Jedi order? And honestly, everyone, everyone, pretty majority of all star wars fans feel we would have gotten a totally different story because the relationship that ahsoka has with anakin is the type of relationship that would snap someone out of the dark side because you gotta remember just like what we what we alluded to the relationship with padme and anakin yes it was born out of love Did you say padme or <laughs> padme but it was panda bear, whatever it is. <laughs> but the their relationship was so it was self gratifying to Anakin. You gotta remember that basically all the all the the lines that he gave in the very end. It's my uh, you turned her against me. It's about me. Yeah, it's not about her. It's about me. Whereas with Ahsoka. She was the glue that kept him together. Kept he, together. He had someone that he can be himself with, someone that he can have a relationship with, a mentor and master without being in secrecy. She was pure. She was what kept him level-headed and on the right path in a way that Padme could not. Not to say she didn't have some good... What's the word I'm looking for, Dave? Not to say she didn't have any good... Um, Effects, effects on Anakin she absolutely did but for the most part it was Ahsoka that was helping to keep him on the path on while the path. Palpatine is trying to manipulate him this way you have you have the the Padawan 
the responsibility of Ahsoka pulling him back onto the right path. And he was able to do somewhat of an introspective within himself. And he found it within himself to be that teacher. And he even wanted to be a better person. Whereas in Revenge of the Sith, where he says, I'm not the Jedi I should be. At this time, you get the sense when you watch how his story unfolds, when he is with Ahsoka, you get the idea. He felt he felt about himself very differently. There was a certain amount of pride and respect. He felt like he was being the Jedi he should be. And again, that goes right back to the strength of Ahsoka being that confidant character. The whole definition of a confidant character is so that the character can have someone to speak to. Now, this isn't the the sit. I'm going to lay down on a couch therapist type of confidant where I'm going to put all of my hopes and dreams on you. I'm going to tell you all of my problems. And now you help me work through them. This is another type of confidant. This is the one where you can feel relaxed. This is a pure relationship. This is something that you can use to to work on yourself as a person. It strengthens you. It strengthens your resolve. Yeah. It reassesses and recenters you as a Jedi. And that was the entire point of the Jedi Council, why they gave him this Padawan. And that's why the the ending the ending of 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 uh, Clone Wars with the trial of Ahsoka, it is so tragic seeing her have to leave Anakin behind and then in rebels when she comes back what does she tell uh, Darth Vader I'm not leaving you leaving you behind again yeah yeah because she she understands that basically if if things were different Anakin would have never gone down that dark path and maybe she blames herself a bit who knows we never really got to get into that maybe that'll be a part of her her third third act But the first stages of Ahsoka's evolution was very vital to Anakin's identity. Identity. But not only his identity, but his relatability as well. I find myself being able to relate more to the Anakin in the Clone Wars than I could to the Anakin in the movies. movies. And and not to say that they were flawed, because I don't agree with that. I feel like movies do something different. But when you're dealing with a TV show, they're there to expand and develop characters in a way that movies cannot. So by introducing the idea of this Padawan and the responsibility that Anakin had to take on, he became much more real, I feel, to audiences. I I agree with you 100% about that because, like, when you look at the movies, I, I, I agree with you. They're, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad or they have flaws, but in movies... We only got this stereotypical feeling that Anakin was this spoiled child and he wanted it his way. It was his way or the highway, whatever. And that's his character. And when you watch Clone Wars, you see the development that he's more than just a spoiled child. This is a guy who is literally by the end of this is going to be broken. He's going to be broken. No one's going to be able to put him together again. What is he, Humpty Dumpty? <laughs> Pretty much, because if you think about it, once Ahsoka leaves, literally all of all of his fears, all his hatred just comes into play. Yes. He doesn't have that trust in the Jedi Council no. anymore. And that, that's why Ahsoka is vital to who he was, the goodness of Anakin. Yeah. She was the she was the key to to his salvation. His his salvation and his personality. Yeah. Because a lot of the times with a lot of the episodes with Ahsoka and and Anakin, 
we would see Anakin as a more realistic person who, when he would be, he would talk to Ahsoka, not just as a teacher, but as a person, as a person that, you know, like is a friend. Yeah. And it gave him that, that humanity that we can, we can relate to. Like, like you said, he became very relatable throughout Clone Wars because we're like going, he's Darth Vader is Darth Vader's evil by all accounts, but Anakin is not evil. Yeah. Anakin is a tragic figure. You feel sorry for him. Yeah. And that's why people shouldn't shrug off the sidekick characters because you know, a lot of times people don't want to be the sidekick. Oh, I'm nobody's sidekick, especially in this new day and age where yeah. we have gender wars and people always want to create dominance between male and female or female and male and which one's stronger, which one's better. And that seems to always be the focus and things, but it's not about male and female. It's not about gender. It's about the strengthening of characters and what and what an archetype does. And the sidekick character isn't a bad archetype to fall into, which would probably be a hybrid version of a confidant in some way of the sidekick character. But Ahsoka being essentially Anakin's sidekick for these early seasons was a way that really strengthened Anakin's identity. And it's nothing to shrug off and say, oh, the unimportance that Filoni and Lucas put on female roles in Star Wars. If anything, they put so much emphasis on the female role and made her the very force that would help Anakin learn lessons and be the potential salvation of this wayward Jedi. That's why that's why I always say is like Ahsoka, when people nowadays say that, oh, Star Wars needs to be more. Uh, I'm trying to think of the word more diverse. And I'm like going, you guys do realize that star Wars has always been diverse. Always, always, always has you, you, you guys, everyone complains that there's no female characters. What about Ahsoka? Ahsoka is like literally the most important character in a series that lasted seven, eight seasons. And now we're getting a brand new season coming out. And then not only that, she was a really important figure in another show. That honestly, when she got reintroduced, really brought the best out of that show. Mm -hmm. That oh yeah, that's not a strong female character. <laughs> we we need we need to introduce brand new female characters. There's always been a strong female character in Star Wars. It's just that you're not paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in conclusion. Again, this is just the first stages of Ahsoka's evolution as a character. She changes various times throughout her run, throughout her story, throughout her arc between the first act of her life that we are privy to in the Clone Wars series. And then what I would call the second act as Fulcrum. And then, of course, being one of the leaders of the newly found rebellion mm -hmm. in Star Wars Rebels. And then, of course, the beginning of her third act, which I'm sure we'll see someday soon, uh, her journey searching for Ezra with Sabine. Everyone wants to see that. But in any case or any scenario, I'm sure whatever they do with her story, they're going to closely connect her to Anakin Skywalker, just like they did in Star Wars Rebels. She was only there when Anakin was at the was when An she was only there and brought to the forefront when Anakin's story was being delved into yeah. uh, with the introduction of Vader back into rebels. Uh, of course, at the tail end of her alleged death that Ezra had changed through that time portal, mm -hmm. all of it goes right back to Vader. She 
her development as a character is right there with Anakin. And in a lot of ways, it can be viewed as her failure, her success as a pad one, keep helping her master stay wholesome and righteous and good. And then maybe her ultimate failure was her leaving the Jedi Order and leaving someone that might have needed her. And again, that's all debatable. I'm not even saying that's my perspective, but that's a dialogue that we're going to be going through over the course of these next few discussions. All right, let's talk Filoni's inspiration for Ahsoka. Uh, The anime film, Princess Mononoke, uh, the title character was Stan. Yes. Was a stubborn, short-tempered, courageous, and protective. Uh, Her primary concern being to protect the forest and animals she lives with. With this, with just this one short description, we can begin to see how Filoni took this idea and expanded on it and made it a part of what kept Ahsoka so consistent as a character. The narrative imagery that this creates can easily be drawn poetically right back to Anakin, whereas Anakin was his primary concern and wished to protect or her primary concern and wished to protect him from himself as we later see in her evolution. Yes. Even at that grand moment in Rebels, when Ahsoka confronts Vader, there was that sense of hope that she's not going to leave him again. She's not going to leave him again. All right, Dave. So any final thoughts? I am really excited to actually go through this because I honestly think that Ahsoka is one of those characters. Yes, Star Wars fans everywhere know Ahsoka Tano, but I honestly think she's one of those characters that deserves to be noticed by mass media. Mass media is where it is. You know, I know like fans everywhere have stated, uh, Star Wars fans everywhere stated that they want to see Ahsoka turn up in a movie. And I think that would be fantastic because that's what this character needs because this character, you know, I would say that in ranking important characters in Star Wars history, Ahsoka is easily top five most important characters. You can actually put her in in the most important characters in regards to the story. When it, when it comes to the importance of the overall Star Wars story. Star when, Wars story? When it comes to Anakin Skywalker, absolutely. She is definitely on that top five, yeah. for sure. And, that and I would, I would she's on a short list. What is that? Uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Darth Sidious. Luke. Luke. Padme, Padme, and and, uh, and um, of but course Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Who else would you put on that list? Yeah, you're not going to put Han Solo. I mean, Han Solo never actually maybe maybe Qui Gon possibly, maybe because Qui Gon was the one who found Anakin, but he didn't teach Anakin. No, so I, I would. It's a very short list. Very short list, and I think it's an important list because, for the most part, Anakin is the thread. Of the Star Wars universe so far. Yes. Yes. As we move forward, we're going to probably see things branch out to place importance on other figures within Star Wars. But for the most part, all things revolve around the actions of Darth Vader, the rebellion, yes. the resistance, Kylo Ren. It all revolves the on the importance of Vader's actions and what he did by joining the dark side and his legacy. Basically, Vader's legacy. Correct. All right, so I want to thank everybody for listening. If you like this discussion, please let us know. Send us messages at From Back to Tank on Twitter, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars From to Back to Tank. Let us know if you want us to keep doing these types of discussions, because we will. 
And also, if you want more of these discussions already, head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge $5 or more to gain access to hours of additional Star Wars from the Back to Tank discussions. Thank you, and thank you, David. And remember, may the Force be with you. Hello, this is Stormtrooper 1, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search BACTA, and that is to your favorites. Thank you, and uh, listen responsibly. And may the Force be with you. And long live. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Tank. And From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at From Back to Tank as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash from the back to date.